0: Hey listeners, quick question, are you tired of overpaying for your mobile plan? I've got the answer, Ting Mobile. Ting Mobile is all about flexibility and savings. You only pay for what you use, no crazy fees or overages. It's perfect for those who want control over their phone bill without s- sacrificing quality. Say goodbye to bloated phone bills. Go to milwaukeemafia.com ting. Ting Mobile. Mobile that makes sense. You're listening to
1: Milwaukee Mafia, your podcast dose of Wisconsin mafia and true crime history. Hey
0: everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Milwaukee Mafia podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. And Gavin, you want to you want to do the honors at the same time? Yeah. All right. I was going
1: to do it. I'm glad you're ready. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. I wa- I was <laughs> I was going to. Uh, yes, I wanted to say before we start. For those of you, like me, who drink way too many energy drinks, Amazon flavor, Amazon brand, uh red energy drink, not a winner. Not hey, a w-
0: didn't, isn't that the one I tried the other day, and I thought it was okay? It's
1: fine. It's okay. I've a- had worse, but there's better out there. Don't be a cheapskate and buy Amazon brand just because it's cheap. You can do better.
0: All right, well, I'll give my two cents that the uh, Kroger Zero Sugar Orange Soda is stellar, so...
1: Ooh, (laughs) I do like a good orange soda.
0: All right, so what do you got for us today?
1: Okay, so today I've got uh, a very contained episode, and I'm going to have relatively little commentary on it. Okay. How about that? What, What does that mean? Okay, so... All this episode is, is on July 5th, 1962, an FBI agent went to the home of Frank Ziedler, or maybe Zeidler I'm going to say Ziedler, someone's <laughs> going to get mad at me either way, It was the former mayor of Milwaukee for 12 years. They went to his house and they asked his opinion on uh, various political corruption uh in Milwaukee. And he had a lot of opinions. <laughs> he he had a lot of opinions. Um this is basically just his his uh long answer to their questions. This is his opinion. I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but I'll, so I'll you're throw basic... in things here or there if I have something to add, but
0: so you're basically reading his statement is basically what well, I
1: I rewrote it. Like, I reorganized it so that the flow works better, I think. But um, this is more or less his, his words, yeah.
0: Okay. Go for it.
1: <clears throat> Special Agent Richard Thompson is at uh, the former mayor's house. The mayor said he was a student of politics and would give his summary of how he saw organized crime in Milwaukee. In his opinion... Frank Balistrieri is the key to organized crime and has important ties and influence over city government. Balistrieri is tied in with city attorney John Fleming, and through Fleming, he can control the city council. The only clean aldermen were Martin Schreiber and James Mortier. And I have nothing to say about either of those those men. But well, would you agree
0: with this? Could, could Frank Balistrieri from the evidence, control the city board? No. Okay, that's <laughs> what, what I thought, but... All right. No,
1: and I and in my notes, I put things in quotes when it's words that... I want to be clear, these are not my words. <laughs> <laughs> I always think the word control is funny. <laughs> Quote, badly susceptible to control were Alderman Alfred Haas, George Widow, Bernard Cranky, Rod Lancer, and Harold Janowski almost none of whom really ever come up again <laughs> in okay. any of other than note. this statement. <laughs> yeah, so I... Okay, maybe. <laughs> uh, Zither did not know how Bellstree maintained control, but suspected it was an exchange for entertainment. Not mentioned in his statement was Alderman Val Phillips, um, who actually was friendly with Balustury. Several years ago... Seidler heard that Alderman Haas and Cranky were at Gallagher's and Ballestery picked up the check. Seidler told Police Chief Howard Johnson about this, and within an hour of telling Johnson, both aldermen came forth insisting that they had paid for their own meals. Seidler wasn't sure how the alderman heard of his phone call to Johnson, but he suspected that a journalist from the Milwaukee Sentinel might have been in the police chief's office at the time, but the call came in and then ran to tell the alderman. Alderman Jankowski once said that he didn't favor Balistrieri, but that he was a very good entertainer. Just, okay. Random things here. Milton McGuire was an alderman in the downtown ward and always favored Balistrieri. He had recently been appointed deputy city treasurer. Stanley J. Witkowski, who was now dead, was city clerk for many years and was, quote, bosom buddies with Balistrieri which helped in licensing matters. Here's where I'm going to interject. I'm going to throw in some background here. Okay. Back in October 1957, the Milwaukee Police Department said that they were not in favor of Street getting an amusement license for the Villa Venice on West North Avenue. City Clerk Stanley Witkowski issued a temporary license anyway. In November 1958, an informer told... The FBI, the Balistrier's best political connection, is through city clerk Stanley Witkowski. Witkowski gives Ballastry advance notice of what topics will be taken up at city council meetings and has an influence on the licensing committee. Allegedly, Witkowski would often be drunk in a Street tavern and Frank would have a female employee take him home. Nothing improper was implied by this, just that he was brought home. Mm-hmm. In March 1962, an informant said Stanley Witkowski had a $30,000 estate after he had died and left $5,000 of that to Frank Balistrieri. George Witkowski, a Milwaukee sheriff, was also believed to be compromised. I'm not sure what the relation between Stanley and George are. They might be brothers. I'm not sure. Just a little background that there there does appear to be a connection between Balstrieri and Stanley Witkowski, but by the time the mayor's telling this, Witkowski's dead anyway. Okay. The new clerk, after Stanley Witkowski had passed, was Ray Markey. Seedler believed that Markey was Italian, though not Sicilian, and therefore might be scared into going along with the Balstrieri mob. Which, I I guess, (laughs) Sure. Ziedler believed that Henry Mayer, the current mayor, uh yes, Mayor Mayer, <laughs> had aspirations of creating a political machine, much like Chicago, that would perpetuate itself for years to come. In order to do this, he was soft on the criminal element in exchange for votes. I don't really know how that gets you votes, but that's what he said. Uh, Mayor had made appointments favorable to labor, which in turn keeps the labor press from speaking unfavorably about the city government. Cedar said that Mayer was not in line with Lucy, who was the head of the state Democratic Party. Lucy believed that Mayer was, again, controlled by the Balistrieres. Mayer appointed to the Police and Fire Commission Ted Kurtz and Peter Pelvelich, who were both favorable to Balistrieres. The one person stopping bad police promotions was Richard Block. Block had wanted Raymond Dahl promoted to inspector rather than Harry Kazuski. See either said that there was allegedly multiple meetings to get Kazuski into an inspector position, including a meeting attended by Mayor Mayor at Ralph Capone's house in Mercer, Wisconsin.
0: <laughs> Bringing back the old Ralph Capone again, Yeah, huh?
1: yeah. And personally, I th- I think this sounds dumb. <laughs> I, I I is it possible, yes. But I they they brought the mayor Milwaukee up to the Northwoods to rough Capone's house, yeah. entertained him and told them to promote a police officer. I, maybe? maybe
0: whoever made that statement didn't realize how far Mercer really yeah. is from <laughs> Milwaukee.
1: Ballistry probably had no influence over police captain George Fur. But Ferg could be influenced by balustry ally Captain George Sprague. So at this point, I will throw out that Harry Kazuski will probably come up again in the future. Um, he became the head of the vice squad and uh, was not uh, not the cleanest vice squad uh, leader. Again, I have no idea about any Ralph Capone connection, but he he did he did have some issues. Um, and George Sprague will probably come up again because he ends up being connected to some guys in Chicago, uh, so he's also a little bit uh, questionable. So there, there's kernels of truth in here. Like, I, I, some of this I don't know, but... Along with John Fleming, Balestri also had influence over Ray Fleming, the clerk of courts, who in turn was influential over county politicians. The two Flemings have some kind of hold, over police captain Steve Dolan. Ziedler believed that Balistrier had influence over Frank Ranney, and therefore the Teamsters Union and the labor press. That much is true. Okay. He further thought Balistrier had influence over George Haberman, head of the AFL-CIO, another labor union, and this allowed Balistrier to keep labor candidates that he preferred in political positions. Definitely the balistrier Ranny connection. I have no idea about his connection to this other guy. I've never seen that come Mm -hmm. up again. Balistrier had influence over state government through Wayne Widow, the brother of Alderman George Widow, and also through Assemblyman Joe Greco. Now, Joe Greco was the son-in-law of a former Milwaukee mob boss. Other investigations suggest that Greco was completely clean Mm. and in fact so clean that that's part of the reason his father-in-law retired from the mob is because he didn't want, he didn't want his reputation to ruin his son-in-law's career. Uh, This is like the opposite of what the mayor (laughs) is saying here. George Widow had placed a bid on Hillside Housing Project. For some reason, the balustria crowd did not want him to get this project and through loan shark Harry Kaminsky who we mentioned in our recent uh, gay Bar episodes, yep. was able to bribe Widow to back down with a new car. The project contract instead went to Leonard Stritch. Widow was also able to acquire a lot of land in Brown Deer on a quote-unquote soft buy, not sure what that term means, um, which Ziedler suggests came from some kind of improper influence on the county. There's so much going on here that I don't really know like what he's getting at. He wanted to place a bid on a housing project. For some reason, they didn't want him to have the housing project. So they used their loan shark friend to bribe him with a like, new car. Like, here, we'll give you a new car if you just don't bid on this project. Mm-hmm. Why?
0: Because <laughs> they just really wanted the project, apparently. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, For what reason? This is so weird. I don't understand. Attorney George Bowman was allegedly formerly under the influence of the balustries, but had come around in recent years and had been now exposing them. Zither did not know why the change of heart. Judge Robert Hansen was very well informed on the Milwaukee Mafia because of his time as a district court judge. He allegedly knew the mob's pipeline into the IRS. Hansen was a former law partner of John Fleming and County Executive John Doine. Ziedler said Doine had once been a defense attorney for Ballestriere, but had since pulled away. Ziedler believed that he had been threatened in some way. Alderman Alan Calhoun was Ballestriere's closest friend in City Hall, and was also close friends with jeweler Hilmer Christopher and they threw a big party for Police Inspector Schmidt of the Milwaukee Police Department. I'll pause here to say, Alan Calhoun is definitely the closest person in city council to Balistrieria. He's okay. he's often around at meetings and, and parties and stuff like that. So that's... Calhoun comes up often. Jeweler Hilmer Christopher, I'm pretty sure I have notes on him somewhere, but I couldn't find them for this episode. But I... I believe that he comes up in some very shady things, um, but I can't remember what those, those things, things are. are. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like that name was thrown out there by the mayor for a reason, but I can't tell you what that reason was, why that name is supposed to be important. Um, so sorry, listeners. that that's, that's on me. Anyway, the jeweler, Hilmer Christopher, is also close to George Widow, completing that circle, um, and was active in helping people run for office though he was not a politician himself another alderman alderman Zilman oversaw Jones Island Eugene Coonan, one of Bell Street's attorneys had a drive-in restaurant on the island and had also tried to get a piece of the municipal pier project this, now this is just getting weird <laughs> and an alderman it's like the alderman of this of Jones Island this part of Milwaukee okay I don't know what the leap is from that to being like this guy who's working as an attorney for Bellastri owning part of a drive-in restaurant on the island. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. That's that's not a connection.
0: Basically what what you're reading now it sounds like this guy just was obsessed with Frank Bellastri. Yeah. And in his time as mayor, he just he just looked at people that that's Balastri knew and tried to create connections between them and some of his connections might make remote sense, but a lot of them are just like that's way out there. Like yeah. it's not reasonable at all. Or yeah.
1: Like, I don't I mean it's possible that the FBI agent just wasn't like taking notes fast enough and there's pieces missing see, out of this. Yeah. But like this is as it appears in the report. And I don't understand and some of these yeah. connections. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Paul O'Brien, who was a former writer for the Milwaukee Journal, now worked for the Balistrieri Mob as a private investigator, using his journalistic connections to find uh, law enforcement investigations behind the scenes. That part's true.
0: Okay, I was just going to ask, because that one seems like feasible. Yeah, that's
1: actually true. Uh, Gilbert Kelly of the Teamsters Union once tried to organize cheese factory workers at one place not named he was told it would never happen because the management was run by the mafia Seether <laughs> did not know where this was but said kelly was a good man despite working with frank ranny who was a bad man <laughs> um they seriously they didn't he didn't know which cheese factory Three. that's not just me not saying <laughs> the name of the cheese factory <laughs> lastly Ziedler had heard that Balistri went to the mayor's office, the current mayor's office, and asked him to get the city out of the rubbish haul- hauling business. The conversation turned into a shouting match. The mayor said he could not do such a thing, but he could present the idea to the city council. The mayor allegedly said that he could make the argument that the city has had ongoing tensions with the union, and Balistri could get his union friends to cooperate with making that tension known. Therefore, having the city cut ties with Union Garbage Hauling to get Bell Street's garbage hauling in. Whether that happened or not, I don't know, but um but the Bell Street garbage hauling never went in. That part didn't happen. Yeah, but- Whether the argument happened or not, I don't know.
0: Interesting.
1: Uh so that's that's his rant. Now I I have one very broad comment I want to make on this. And I'm sure I've made this comment before because this is something that uh, this is, this is always jumps out at me in the, in FBI reports, police reports, and apparently the mayor, the word control is always used. And I, and I hate that word. When you start out like researching the mob, you'll see the word control and you don't really think about it and you're like, oh, okay. But like that word is chosen for a reason. It sounds bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Eric, you own a business, correct? Right. Do you control the business? Yeah, you do. I, kind of, yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't use that word. <laughs> no. <laughs> like so it's weird when you use that when you use the word control, it sounds like you're using some kind of evil force. <laughs> when all it really means, you know, is you have some kind of a some kind of management or whatever. A lot right. of the times, the right term,
0: probably, from a business <clears throat> perspective, is manage, yeah, not control,
1: yeah, right. So it's like a it's a word perfectly chosen to sound worse than it is <laughs> and then and then, like, the other thing that bothers me is like all this like he has influence over. it sounds bad because you're going in with the mindset that, oh, you know, he's a powerful mafia guy, mm-hmm. he has influence over. that's bad in that context yeah it's kind of bad has influence over doesn't automatically mean something is bad bad.
0: and it doesn't even mean he may have influence over him doesn't mean he's using that
1: influence even you know right um right like um i have influence over you and you have influence over me because we're friends yeah but that doesn't mean i'm gonna get you to go rob a bank you know (laughs) like it's that's Having influence over it not necessarily a bad thing. It just means they know people,
0: right? And a lot of what you read here sounds to me like he's saying he's kind of twisting his words to make it make it sound like, well, Ballastieri knows this guy, so he's obviously manipulating him or mm-hmm. so, in some way. Which we all have to remember that Frank Ballastieri was a very very successful business owner in Milwaukee right. at this time. Even right. though yes, he was running the mob, he was also a business owner. Right. And guess what? Business owners, they're gonna know people like this, especially when you're running something like a bar that's regulated and the city government is going to be involved in your establishment at time from time to time, whether it be for fire, you know, things or just getting the right permits to run the business.
1: Right. And that's and that's like if you if you chop all this down you take out all like the the hints and the whatever kind of things he's trying to suggest that i don't even know what he's trying to suggest the only thing that he really says is that bellastri has sometimes gotten favorable treatment from licensing committees and it's possible that he's getting that favorable treatment because he's giving people drinks or meals at his club Mm -hmm. yes that is political corruption
0: but that's pretty low (laughs) yeah that's pretty light political corruption that's
1: that's pretty low because (laughs) i i have to imagine that's not i mean is it a bribe i don't maybe it could could be a bribe but it's pretty low because it's like it's like this like i don't know if this is still a thing i assume it is but maybe it's not. But traditionally, you know, like police officers would go on their rounds. They'd stop into a place and they'd get free coffee. Mm-hmm. That's not a bribe. <laughs> that's that's not like oh, I'm giving you free coffee so you don't raid my restaurant. Like no, that's not how that works. It's like it's just like a courtesy. And obviously, you know, he wants to he wants to be seen in a good light with the people who can give him right. licenses. That's pretty low. That's a low bribe, if it is a bribe. And
0: a lot of, it sounds like a lot of what he's saying in here are things that probably other bar owners in Milwaukee at this time, they probably were doing the same exact thing. They probably where, were. Where yeah. with the state, go- or with the city government, it's a big deal because he's Frank Balistrieri, he's mafia. Right. Whereas the other bar owner, oh, it's not a big deal because he's just a guy that owns a bar. Right. You know.
1: I agree completely with that yeah you're you're exactly right yeah he's 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 talking about like the the corruption in the city government and he automatically turns it to to frank but mm. yeah you're right i i think that's a safe bet that what he's doing is not like this is some evil mob scheme, like no, like this is
0: what you do this as is a what bu- you do, do uh, as
1: a business owner and this is how you get the city government to to like you like and, it's not right, but that's probably how it works.
0: And you can argue he may be doing it a little bit more extreme because he also wants to... He wants to even be more on the better side of these people because he is Mafia. Yeah. And that's not an, a secret. I, right. I'm assuming I'm assuming most of these people know that as well at this point in time. Maybe i think they. I
1: think they do. So... I th- well, yeah, definitely by this point, yes.
0: But I mean, still, when it's all said and done... I mean, if you ask my opinion, aren't if all he's doing is giving them free food, it's more on them that they're accepting the free food than it's on Frank for giving the free food.
1: I would agree with that as you well. You know, yeah.
0: And again, are you going to allow a guy to create a, commit a crime just because he gave you a free meal? I think I would like to think most people would not. You know, <laughs> well, no, like and it. I don't,
1: and I don't think so. Yeah, because um, even though he did have friends on the police department and there and you know like we'll see in some future episodes you know there are some some guys who were higher ranking in the police department who you know were kind of corrupt or would look the other way in general that did not stop the police from harassing That's the heck lie. out of him <laughs> like he's no matter what he's doing i still think he gets more than the average amount of criticism and and scrutiny so he's not really getting favorable treatment here like <laughs> whatever favorable treatment he's getting is more than balanced by how much harassment he's getting. So I do have one
0: more question about this. Yeah. And maybe you did say this and I just missed it, but why did the fed, cause you said the, the this was the FBI that went and talked to this mayor. Yes. He's an ex mayor. Why, what was the reason behind them going and talking to him? Was he just really loud about the fact that he knows about all this corruption in the Milwaukee city government or I don't
1: know. It wasn't It wasn't spelled out in the report why they went. I mean, a lot of times what the FBI does when they're investigating is, you know, they'll just stop into different people who they think know something about something. And this just came out of the general, like, Frank Ballastry file. So mm-hmm. this is like they're just doing a general investigation on him. My guess is just simply that at this point, this mayor is retired. Right. No, he had he had been in office for some time, a considerable amount of time. He knew things, and now he was basically retired. So they thought it, that he would be a good person to ask That's because, you know, they'll also ask current politicians as well. But the current politicians might not necessarily be as open. Mm-hmm. This guy's got nothing. To he lose. doesn't care. so yeah, he'll he tell you whatever,
0: whatever he yeah he thinks. Yeah, interesting. So
1: I'm guessing it was just a routine thing. It wasn't like they specifically wanted to hear what he had to say or that he called them up and said i gotta tell you something i I mean he could have i don't know but i'm thinking it was just like they were running through like a checklist of who can we talk to to get balustri background information
0: i'm just curious oh the other question do you have you ever run into a tie did this guy have a relationship with balustri at all ziedler the guy yeah the guy that did the statement like did no, he, not really. I mean, you you never. I mean, saw he him. was the
1: mayor, but other than that, no. no. Like, I don't even know if they ever. I'm sure they met, but you know, they no, not okay. really.
0: Okay, I was just curious, and then I forgot what it was the other thing I was going to say. Give it one second. Do you got anything else you want, or is this
1: no? Like, like I said, this episode's pretty contained. I just wanted to kind of get that statement out there. I did, I didn't have a way to tie this into a bigger story. So I was just like, I'm just going to let this one go on its own. And in a lot of this, you know, I don't know who these individual aldermen are. They're not really noteworthy. Mm -hmm. But for people who are more familiar with like Milwaukee political history, these names might mean more to them than they do to me. You know, throwing it out there for what it's worth.
0: I just think it's really interesting. Just the way that his statement comes out, it just seems like he's filling so many holes yeah (laughs) as he's talking like like he's trying to create something that's he really has no evidence there because he knows that this person knows that person and that's just i don't know
1: yeah it's it's a stretch it's definitely a stretch
0: and i would love to have been able to get the thoughts of the fbi investigator that was investigating him as he was telling him this like like if he would look at this and be like, oh, yeah, this is just all. Yeah, I don't know. know, Yeah,
1: and the agent didn't write any personal commentary on it. I can tell you, not from this report, but from other reports, I can tell you that J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI, did not like this mayor. Okay. Did did not like him. Because Hoover, I probably mentioned this in the past too, but got to assume this is the first episode people listening to Hoover was really, really funny, in my opinion, because he would write his commentary at the end of reports. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so he would write, like, little notes on the end, and then sign. he just signed it with a big H. <laughs> and a lot of times it's just really dumb things, like I agree or get this done or whatever. But then, yeah, there was one report where the mayor came up and... Hoover writes underneath it like, this guy is a bigot. <laughs> and I'm like, where did this come from? Like, there was nothing in there to suggest that. And, and I think, this is just speculation, but I think the reason is because Ziedler was, like, the last socialist mayor of Milwaukee, and I have to suspect that that, therefore, made him not a friend of Hoover Mm -hmm. because you know hoover hated the socialists the communists and all that which unfortunately for him milwaukee had a long history of that so uh i'm thinking it kind of grew out of that there was nothing that that made in this guy's background where he said anything offensive so i don't know what that comment was that is so crazy but yeah hoover would just write little notes on on the things that are in the margins and it and it's funny because at the time that he wrote them, like he didn't know anybody would ever see them because the, the Freedom of Information Act didn't come out until 72? I could be wrong on that. But it was it was well after the time then, that Hoover was writing all these notes. Yeah, so and, he didn't think anybody outside the FBI would ever see them.
0: Yeah, and, and the fact that he writes he's a bigot, I mean, that's a little unprofessional. Yeah, but he <laughs> was know, the head of the FBI. Yeah, he, he could so, do whatever he wanted. Oh, yeah. All right, well... Do you got anything else with this one? No, or should we wrap it up? We can
1: wrap it up.
0: All right. Well, as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. We do have a Patreon. You can check that out at patreon.com slash Milwaukee Mafia. And Gavin, where can people contact
1: you? They can contact me, Milwaukee Mafia at gmail.com. And I'm actually gonna second the uh idea of signing up for the Patreon. Um, we just recently did a really great interview that we put on the patreon and that's not worth your two dollars i don't know what What it is so yeah (laughs) so seriously even if you just sign up for a month or two and then drop out i don't care Mm -hmm. i assure you it'll be worth that
0: Just just to give everybody the heads up, that interview does not really have connections to the Mafia, but it is just a really, really, really good story. Yeah, it's, it's and, so
1: loosely connected. It's, it's more loosely connected than with the stuff the mayor said. This, <laughs> but, but it is a great Milwaukee, Milwaukee crime, crime story. story.
0: So, yeah. So, all right, with that, we will uh, wrap this one up. We'll be back next week with a Patreon episode, and two weeks with a Mafia episode. Thanks, everybody, for tuning
1: in. Thanks for tuning in to the Milwaukee Mafia podcast. Join us next time for another look back at Wisconsin Mafia and true crime history.